We are back at the Congress with Mr. James Hope, who's a partner at Vignet Law Firm in Stockholm and a uh, supporter of the podcast from the very beginning, I think. You were, um, the, uh, the Stockholm market was where the birth of the podcast was. So we're very happy to have you on. And I don't think we've ever interviewed someone from your firm yet. So this is a, a first of many occasions. How are you doing? How's the Congress going for you? Well, first of all, can I say it's an absolute delight to be invited <laughs> to take part. I, I have indeed followed this since the very beginning, and it's been so exciting to see your podcast grow and grow and become, well, as you know, internationally renowned and all that stuff. So it's a real honour to be here. <laughs> Well, thank you. And um, so you spoke yesterday, right? Yes, I spoke on a panel. I was very lucky to be invited by Professor Susan Frank, who, of course, is very well known to to everyone. Yes. Um, And she brought together a really interesting collection of speakers. We had Lucy Greenwood, uh, Diamana Diawara from the ICC, and myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And we thought we'd do rather more of a chat than anything else. So we didn't have formal presentations, we just sat and, and talked. Yes, yeah, so much um, more in your head. Which, which was a nice thing to do. And, and those things could sometimes go a bit, a bit wrong, but, but with, <laughs> with Susan's expert guidance, of course, it was very carefully managed. So it, it went, I think it went really well. Yes, it definitely <laughs> did. And the point of the podcast and us doing this mini-series in ICA is to kind of broadcast what was discussed for those that either missed it because they were too busy chatting at coffee or for those that couldn't make the conference. So um, would you mind just leading us through kind of some extracts of what the discussion... Well, first of all, I'd like to say that it's so exciting for me particularly to come to this ICA because I was was born and grew up in Edinburgh. So to come to ICA uh, 2022 in Edinburgh is really uh, a a very nice thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I... So I've been thinking quite a lot about home, and um, I, I thought I'd just mention I've got two pictures in my office back in Stockholm, two pictures of home. One is a picture of the Georgian new town of Edinburgh, and those who are at Ica will know yeah. about all of that. And <laughs> in the Georgian new town is my parents' house, so I see that's one version of home. Right. Then I ha- also have a picture of home, which is somewhat different. It's a picture from six billion kilometers away. Uh, The uh, Voyager 1 spacecraft, as you may know, took its last picture of planet Earth um, before it turned away, which is called Pale Blue Dot. This is Carl Sagan's photograph. Oh, right. And this is also home. It's our home. So it's the same place, Mm -hmm. but just from slightly, well, very, very much further (laughs) away. And that's a sort of feeling that's grounded me quite a lot and it's particularly something I've been thinking about coming back to this my hometown. Is it um, does it supposed to remind you of just having a different perspective and things? Well can... yes and, and then of course this leads in I and mean, the reason to mention it it leads into quite a lot of the themes of what we were talking about because what we were talking about is progress in arbitration um, and nobody will be surprised that one of the themes we we really had to speak about was climate change. Right. Uh, and Lucy very properly warned us um, of the terrors that I'm afraid lie ahead for for this earth and of our duties to do things about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she and uh, Wendy Miles and others have been pressing the community to do more. 
Absolutely. Um, and she's, so she spoke very eloquently about that and um, told us to think a bit more, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think we understood when we were discussing that progress has been made. Actually, the pandemic has helped with that. Mm-hmm. We've become more virtual. Virtual hearings are now a norm, at least to, to some extent, right. uh, for, for almost everybody. And electronic bundles are also a norm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's much... There are fewer trees being, being cut down for the sake of arbitration. But as Lucy said, we have to do better. Uh, and I couldn't help thinking of this, uh, why I mentioned it, the, the, the pale blue dot. Mm-hmm. This is our very precious earth that's sitting there that we all need to protect. So, so, so it's, it was a timely reminder by Lucy, and um, um, I, I think that was very much something that, that needed to be stressed. Yes, absolutely. Um, we also then talked about costs and efficiency. Now, that may seem like a bit of a, a well-worn record. We've, we've been talking about this for, for years, for decades in arbitration, and, and sometimes it just seems, seems that we go around in circles. Um, but um, what was, I think, really interesting to me is Diamana gave us a, a perspective, which you don't often think about, of the, the developing world, the costs of arbitration, she certainly thinks, are putting people off, putting off clients Absolutely. who choose against arbitration because, frankly, it costs too much. Uh, and then, of course, there's the very difficult question of what do we do about it, and I'm afraid we didn't have any fantastic answers. <laughs> uh, one answer that I did suggest is maybe we should dare to write less. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I went to a breakfast this morning with Stanimir, and he was talking about costs and efficiencies, and that's exactly what he said. He yeah. said, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to put a page limit on it, but to say, to focus the issues quite early, and yes. that council needs to know that rambling yeah. on isn't going to get you a... Uh, well, exactly. And, and so costs and efficiency go together, and that was mm-hmm. something that I think we all agreed on, that, that maybe we should try to be more efficient. Right. It's right. We have yes. to look at ourselves and, and look first. At ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> And also, I mean, you, you help to save the planet in the process if you're more efficient, you write less. All, all these things are helping all the externalities, things yeah. so, so there may be a sort of um, several benefits there if you can get it right. But it's, it's, not, it's not straightforward. And of course, the key issue that Diamanda made is that the real problem, she's, she used the word the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. is uh, council's costs. Yeah, exactly. And, um, well, we all need to look at ourselves, I think. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of us struggle with this. The, I mean, the reality is there's a lot of work to be done and you have to pay for the work. And yes. <laughs> so it, it's too simplistic to say, oh, we all just have to cost less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also you get what you pay for in arbitration as much as anything else. Exactly. Nevertheless, there's this discussion to be had. And I think we need to continue to have a, a grown-up discussion about it. And I think that's, that's where we, we left it. But it's, it's something we need to keep doing. So far, I'm seeing a red thread, as they say in Swedish, but exactly, it, exactly. Uh, and I, we'll see if it continues when about your dis- contribution to the panel, but it seems like the mirror is facing us now, and we really just need to look at ourselves for environmental concerns and cost concerns. But yes, please exactly. continue. And then I suppose my main contribution was on the subject of fairness and diversity, and that's something I feel quite strongly about. Fairness, of course, is a concept we talk about, but it's also a feeling Mm-hmm. It's a particular feeling when you think of unfairness. And I use the example, all of us probably remember when we were small, possibly at nursery school, and somebody else got more chocolate than we did. Right. And it felt unfair. It felt wrong. What about me is the sort of feeling. Exactly. Um, and it hurts. 
to have that feeling. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that goes away. You, you, you feel affronted. You feel it was unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, some, again, a Swedish expression, a Swedish <laughs> expression, millimetre fairness, this idea of sort of chopping up the chocolate bar exactly. Right, 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 right. You can, and actually humans need that sort of thing. And actually something I... I think it must be a first for Ica. I, uh, I quoted my cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not just a human feeling. Even animals feel unfairness. We have um, two cats who are very close to each other, and one of them sometimes we take out and leave the other one behind. It's difficult to take two cats at once. That doesn't work. Yeah, they're wild. And when we leave the mini, the, the black one, behind, he has this special meow. <laughs> Um, since I, did I have it at, Since I did it at the conference, I can say it again. Like, yes. Meow! <laughs> it's, a, it's a particular meow, which means, what about me? Right. It's, it's absolutely clear that he's... And he's upset. He's upset about it being unfair. So and would so, that be analogous to a <laughs> due an, process objection? Yeah, it's analogous to a party. I mean, it's, this is a human feeling. We just had Janet Walker in another session talking about the sociology of arbitration. We're human beings, mm-hmm. and our parties are human beings. And then we, the reason for saying all this is that when we talk about procedure, sometimes we talk very much about nitty-gritty of, I mean, should you do it this way or that way, and you have analogies to procedural rules. Now, I've, I've got the real good fortune of having worked in three different legal systems really quite closely mm-hmm. and seen the civil procedure rules of Scotland and England and Sweden, mm-hmm. and they're all extremely different. I mean, it, and, and one of the things is we don't do much comparative law on procedural, <laughs> procedural no, law. No, that's true. So we don't really know each other's procedural laws. And so what we have to fall back on, which is important, is that we fall back on fairness. And we, try, we need to try to think about what is going to be fair. Mm-hmm. In, it, it doesn't work to talk generally because that's not what we're talking about. It's about the specifics of this particular case, mm-hmm. what's going to be fair in this particular case. And it's really hard sometimes, particularly in um, an international context, because different people come from very different situations. And oh, right. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think you were uh, angling it that way about uh, the imbalance between parties and access to resources. Well, there's that, but there's also just different expectations. I mean, right. Some, if you come from the USA, you'll assume and want and need discovery. That's what you grew right. up with as right. a... As a, as a as a, as a litigator. Uh, if you're from, take China, for example, not only do you not have that expectation, but the idea that you would be forced to give documents to maybe your competitor or whatever is, is really quite anathema, probably. Right. And, and, and so these things are, are difficult. And then there are myriads of... Yeah, or some jurisdictions <laughs> that um, would be shocked to learn that there's no negotiation or mediation before you enter into yeah. arbitration. Yeah. So I think we just need to be very careful to think about fairness. And, and also we need to think about fairness. And, and there was a really fascinating question just to prompt us to think even more from someone who asked, do you take account of people who are non-binary? non-binary was the question from the audience. And that was a really good question. And it makes you think, again, we're human beings. We have human beings um, who are counsel, who are associates, who are witnesses. We need to take out of all their sensitivities and not uh, probably normally out of just misunderstanding or whatever, not saying things that could offend. Right. And in the international arena and between generations and all that stuff, that's something we really need to work on every day. 
having a bit of bedside manner. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, and, and then there was, there was talk about trying to have a safe space for in arbitration needs to be a safe space if we're going to do justice. So mm. it's it's a real that seems to be a theme that's coming through in this echo that we need to think quite carefully about these things. Yes. So if the panel topic was progress, mm. is was the tone um, look how far we've progressed or look where we need to get to? I think it's on we're on our way. Okay. I mean I think there's a general feeling and there was a general feeling on the panel that that we are clearly making progress but that there's more to do mm-hmm. and one of the main things of course that again uh, dear manner was was um, highlighting was that we need to embrace change mm-hmm. and embracing change for europe means looking east the asia is more and more important obviously africa is more important more important there was a question from the audience about african arbitrators we have far too few african arbitrators right and the question was specifically where are the African arbitrators sitting in European cases? Very good question. Right. They're not really there yet. No. But let's hope that it continues because we need, and the focus needs to be on the word international, mm-hmm. as in ICA. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, of course it's, it sounds almost trite, but it's, it's still quite fundamental. And that's why we go back, I think, to this feeling of unfairness. Right. It's easy for me as a white middle-aged man to think that I feel included. I wonder if I'd feel as included if I was uh, uh, female and from uh, East West Africa. Right. I don't know. Right. But I, I, I think it's worth asking the question and, and, and keep on trying to make sure that we have this feeling of inclusion. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea. And it was a very special day yesterday, as I think everyone knows, because um, it was the funeral of... Uh, her late Majesty Queen Elizabeth. Yes, and that we 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 had this whole issue about whether ICA should be postponed at all entirely because of that, and eventually we went ahead, um, but we had a, a pause for the funeral. Right. So, so the feelings from that I think went through the day, mm-hmm. and one thing that's very clear to me is that Her Majesty embraced change in the most amazing way. She reigned for seventy years, and the world changed extraordinarily around about her and she, she changed too absolutely in a very good way and yet she, she remained true to her values mm-hmm. and I think we can do we can take her example and do that in arbitration we need to remain true to our values but we can we can um, adapt to the world embrace change uh, so what, it's quite an do you think people are holding on to yeah. something I mean when they say that like what, what are people holding on to clearly if we need to incentivize people to embrace change what's the, the counterpoint that we are seeing well one just talking for myself one very yeah. simple thing is that someone like me probably has to get less probably has to get fewer appointments right and I admit I would like to hold on to the, the appointments <laughs> right. and but, but the reality is that we need more people from other um from other parts of the world to be appointed. Absolutely. And, and that may mean that uh, people from Europe should be appointed less. Mm-hmm. That's a difficult thing to say to people from Europe. <laughs> mm. But, uh, but we, I mean, the, the, the system has to work for everyone. And, and we um, actually, I think there's probably a, more than enough work to go around for, for all of us, but we need to include and change. Mm-hmm. Um, I quoted, in fact, this is also maybe a first for ICA. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I quoted a prayer <laughs> during my presentation. A religious prayer. A religious, a religious prayer. 
uh, from the American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr, uh, which may be well known to some people. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I know that prayer. Which is actually a very, um, it sums up the task ahead. Um, and I think we do need wisdom mm-hmm. in that example, in that situation. And that comes from discussing it and getting yes. data points. And Yeah, exactly. So, and, and very good that you mentioned data points. As you, many people know, Professor Frank yes. is very much, uh, <laughs> data is her thing. And she is in the process, process of creating creating data points as we speak. We had a fantastic uh, survey that she did, she and her students did, uh, or made us do yesterday morning, and we shall see what happens with the results of that. But I think a lot of that will feed into some of the themes that uh, we were talking about in the panel Absolutely. that we've been discussing here. So it'll be very interesting to see what, what the result of that survey is, and, and you're right, data informs the process. Absolutely. Um, um, there's something else that I wrote in my paper for Ica that I might just mention. Yes, please. Um, which is the, the importance of the rule of law. And that's also been a theme of this conference. Definitely. We, we, we speak about quite a lot. Because um, I wrote in my paper in February, as um, desperately, of course, the war broke out as I was right. writing the paper. And I reflected on the role of arbitration as being uh, a force for good in the world. We remember, of course, the SEC centenary mm-hmm. in 2017, and the whole theme of that was arbitration for peace. Mm-hmm. And I remember even Kofi Annan had a forward in his book, and it was very moving, actually. It was remarkable, and, yes. And, and I think we need to hold on to that hope that, that arbitration is going to continue to be uh, a, a tool for peace in the world, and, and I hope that we can continue to, to use our skill set and our community to, to try to, to find the alternatives to war. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, and this is a difficult message of course, in order to do that we need to uphold the rule of law, mm-hmm. even when it's difficult. Um, in fact, particularly when times are difficult. And, and I'm sorry to say that when I made that point back in February I was criticised quite severely by quite a lot of colleagues <laughs> really? and others. Um, I appreciate it's a very difficult issue because the problem is that international arbitration has to remain open to all, even to those that we don't like. Mm. Um, in the same way, all humans have human rights, including those who are evil. Um, all people have the right to free speech, including those whose views we don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and democracy needs to be given to every citizen. Every citizen has one vote, including those whose political views we find abhorrent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a particular issue in, in Sweden at the moment. <laughs> uh, and these, I think, are the fundamental principles of our Western democracies, or mm-hmm. those and, and others. Um, and I personally feel, and I, I realise, of course, that these are difficult issues and others have other opinions, but I personally feel that at the difficult times we need to stay, hold on to our principles. Um, because otherwise there isn't any other, there's no other way we descend into chaos or, or might is right um, 
as an alternative? I had, um, when the war broke out, probably around the time you were publishing your article, or finishing mm. your article, I was thinking immediately about Sweden because the mm. SEC in the mm. Swedish market mm. has always been this East and West yes. resolve. Yes. And I was thinking about, and so when I hadn't talked to my Swedish colleagues, ex-colleagues for a while, so when in here in Ica, I went to dinner yesterday and asked this question, um, and that they said it came up because there was a complete abandonment for any Russian party or any Russian company, especially state-owned companies. And um, they said that at the Swedish arbitration days, which I'm mm. pretty sure you've attended, there was a discussion about this exception that came out later on about how there should be repre- uh, an exception to the sanction for representation of these parties that don't have the possibility to be represented. And I think that's kind of or at least what I'm interpreting from what you're mm. saying, that um, it's, there's, a, there's a balance that needs to be struck. There's a balance that needs to be struck. I mean, I think we all find war utterly abhorrent. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, what Russia is doing is, is just impossible to accept in any, <laughs> any way whatsoever. Um, the question for, our, for the rule of law is, is how do we how do we respond to evil? Yes. It's a very difficult question. It's a very, very difficult question. Absolutely. Um, but I think in the... If we come back to the whole question of ICA being truly international, I think we see that ICA needs to continue to be open to all, however hard that may be. Um, and I think it is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we're being forced, interestingly, all of a sudden, maybe... To, to grapple with these hard questions. Yes. Um, this, I think, <laughs> brings us back to this uh, picture that I have at, at, uh, in my office of the pale blue dot. We're all living on the same planet. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to try to find a, a way to work together. Um, and I'm hopeful that there is a way forward. There's a, there's a future. Yes, I, I'm and, and, the, and, the fu- and the future would involve, I think finding a way forward using these principles that we hold dear to Mm -hmm. uh, as the bedrock. Mm. Um, What's really inspiring with this Congress is, and of course it's so wonderful, the first Congress after the the pandemic, to meet people in person, to see that we do share the same ideas about how to do things. We we have these dialogues and um, we're able to meet from, from all over the world and, and, and find a, a common way through, which is, which is great. So, so um, I'm already looking forward to the next ICA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I, I think it's, that's a great place to end because it is hopeful, uplifting, but still cognizant of, of the duty, yes. I think was the word you first used, that yes. we have to make sure that the progress is, continues. Yes. Perfect. Well, well, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.